Hello and welcome to the Bikini Down Under, where I, Kate Loder, your host, will be interviewing IFBB professionals from New Zealand, Australia, and then abroad. Thanks for tuning in. Hi guys, welcome back to the second episode of the Bikini Down Under. Today I had the pleasure of interviewing a really genuine and open IFBB bikini pro. She grew up in South Africa, but moved to New Zealand in 2016 with her husband. She competed for the first time that year, and impressively, six shows later, she earned her pro card at the New Zealand Pro AM. Today we discuss her nutrition and training philosophies, and some of the benefits of having a coach in the same country as you live. So without further ado, I bring to you the lovely Mariska Rowett. How are you this morning anyway? I'm really good. Awesome, we may as well get into it then, huh? Yeah, sure. Brilliant. So first of all, um, where did you grow up and where are you currently living? We'll just give the, the listeners, I guess, a bit of background. Yeah, sure. Well, I grew up in South Africa, so I'm actually a farm girl. I grew up in a really, really small town, um, but I've been living on a farm up until I was 18 years old. And after that, I actually moved to Richards Bay. Um, that's more up north, well, actually up south from where I grew up and then about three and a half years ago I moved to Auckland with my husband and we've been living in Auckland ever since. Brilliant so when did you move out from South Africa? We moved here in 2016. My husband actually came like a month and a half earlier and then I moved I actually arrived on the 18th of May. Awesome. So your family's still back in South Africa? Yeah, we don't have anyone over here. So all our family, all our friends, everyone's still back there. Oh, that's hard. Yeah, it was hard in the beginning. Like the first year was the hardest out of all. Like you miss home and, you know, you don't have that moral support that you used to have. But we got through it. (laughs) Yeah. And so did you guys move out here for work or you just wanted a change of scene or...? We actually, well, my husband got an opportunity to move to Auckland for work. And yep. before that, you know, South Africa is really, there's a lot going on there. And it's not really safe to bring up children. So yeah. we were thinking about having a family and that type of thing. And if we wanted a family, we need to move away from South Africa. And when that opportunity came through, we just jumped at it right away. Yeah, definitely. Oh, for sure. So what are you doing currently for work, honey? Are you working in the fitness industry or? Not really. I'm used to, but I, you know, with the whole family thing, we got married about two years ago. And before we got married, my husband told me that he wants me to be more stable, have a stable job, not go out early mornings, work late nights, you know, but more a eight to five kind of job. Yeah, regimented. Yeah, so I started um, actually currently working for Viridian Glass and I've been with the company like more than a year now. Yeah. And then I do my prep and, you know, my type of gym work in the early morning and late afternoon. So I actually completely moved away from fitness industry. Um, But I do still help a lot of people when, you know, there's a lot of friends of mine that calls up and say, hey, I need a program or... I need some advice and I still help them out and I do a bit of posing with clients and yeah that's what I found a struggle with cheating as well it was either really early morning and then you sort of had a break in the middle of the day and then you had to head back in the afternoon as well and evening yeah and we kind of like I lived completely 
past my husband. Like when he's home, I'm away. When I'm home, he's still at work. So, you know, it's just, and I had my, well, at least I had weekends off, but, you know, we kind of miss each other. And it's like, it's not a good lifestyle to have. Like I prefer being with him and, you know, spending a lot of time with him. Yeah. So when we spoke about family, well, not now, but that time we wanted family and we want to start settling down. And yeah, that was the perfect opportunity to actually step away. Definitely. So what gym was that at? Where were you working? I was working with Ames Fitness at that time. Perfect. And so did you play any other competitive sports or anything like that that sort of led you into bodybuilding or anything like that growing up? Not really. I did a lot of sports when I was younger. I always knew that I'm going to be like an athlete, like since forever. I've been training, well, not bodybuilding-wise, but I've been training since I was five years old. I used to be cross-country, athletics. Uh, I played hockey, got my South African colors for hockey and athletics and cross-country. I did netball. So there's a lot of sports that I did growing up. And my dad is kind of a really hard person, so he really pushed me to the extreme. And I, I just loved it. I love fitness, and I always wanted to be, you know, I wanted my lifestyle to be fitness when I grew up. I wanted it part of my career. And a lot of people told me, oh, you can't make it a career. But I started exercising. Well, I took time off, started getting into the gym. I actually worked at a gym as a sales consultant. And a lot of people started noticing me when I was working out in the gym. And people came up to me like, oh, do you compete? And I'm like, no, I don't compete. And they're like, oh, you should start, you know. And they started asking me the questions. And the more exercise, the more people approached me. And after a while, I'm like, maybe I should try it. I wanted to try it when we were back in South Africa. But we didn't get opportunity because, you know, the whole New Zealand thing happened. And then... When I arrived in 2016, I just got into a gym, you know, got a job here, got into a gym, started exercising, and then I did my first comp in 2017. Wow. What was that comp? It was the New Zealand Pro-Am, so international show. Wow, you went straight into that. Yeah, a lot of people told me I was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But it was a good opportunity, and I, I think I placed fifth that year. That is impressive. Yeah. Awesome. So when when and where did you get your pro card then? Actually, at the New Zealand Pro-Am, two years later. (laughs) Oh, awesome. I was going to say right then, but you got fifth. So did your partner um, train with you? Like, do you guys train together or is he like a big supporter of of you working out and and doing this? Um, He actually got me into training again, like um, into real training. I think I lost about 15 kg since I met him. So I wasn't, I was training, but I wasn't, I was kind of playing around. Sure. And then I started, well, I studied personal training. Yeah. And I just changed my whole routine, the way I exercise, nothing about eating because I love food, (laughs) but I did train, I trained myself and I lost 15 kgs. But in that period, he got injured. So we haven't been training together for quite a while. Sure. He still has, he's still recovering from his injury, but he is very supportive and he helps me out a lot. He pushes me when things get hard, like in the mornings when I don't want to wake up. Yeah. He's like, get up, boy. Just throws me out of bed. <laughs> yeah. 
That's awesome. Do you guys eat similar foods or do you prefer, like prepare his own meals or how do you guys eat together? Oh, well, if, if I'm on prep, he kind of, I kind of make him food, yeah. you know, what he wants to and what I need to. Sure. So he's not really, he used to do my training and prepping with me, but he kind of got over it with all the chicken that I had. <laughs> so I just, I didn't want to put him through that. So I just started cooking like his type of food and then my type of food. Nice. But he just got back into training. So now we're both on prepping meals. <laughs> yeah. Oh, brilliant. And how many shows had you competed at home before you before you went pro, was it? When I turned pro, that was my sixth show. Yeah. Awesome. And so what were the other shows in between? Were they just regional shows within New Zealand? Yeah. Well, the first one was Pro-Am. And then I did Auckland Champs. Yeah. And I won Auckland Champs. Then I went to Nationals. Um, didn't place Nationals that the way I wanted, but I still got my top five. Sure. And then I did Pro-Am the, next year, the following year. And I got third. The follow and then I did what did I do? Manukau Championships. Mm-hmm. I won the Manukau Championships. Then I went straight to nationals again. Um, top five at nationals, and then my pro am the next the following. I turned pro. That's awesome. And how have you noticed like the difference between um, competing as an amateur versus being a professional? Like, has there been big changes for you? Yeah, it it truly has. Um, it. I think most of my amateur years, I was, it was more, you know, I worked hard for it. Um, but, you know, it's still, you're a baby, it's still young in the sport. As soon as you step on the pro stage, it's more like everyone is experienced. Everyone is up on top of their game. You know, everyone is going to bring the best package because they're pro. Sure. So it's 10 times harder. And as soon as you step on stage, you know that you're among like let's say 20 other beautiful girls or yeah. you know everyone's going to be in the best shape ever they're not going to be amateur everything is on top level yeah so it's different I think this was my second pro show and it's been completely different than my amateur shows it's a whole new world yeah although you get a lot of publicity it I think it's amazing definitely I would just find like even the change of going from like the amount of time you've got for posing, that would be such a mental head game for me. Like it's, it's so much longer. It is. It truly is. I, I was really, I was playing around because I wanted to do my own posing, see what I'm good at. Yeah. But I just felt I needed someone to help me out, just to tweak a lot of things, you know, someone with more qualifications, more experience. So I went to Katja and she kind of helped me a lot. Just smooth it out, uh, bring a little bit more sass, you know, um, make it a bit more smoother, help me tune out the routine to make it a little bit longer, that it's um, not more amateur, but more pro level. So it's completely different. And also the amount of time that I spend in the gym, you know, just exercising, doing cardio, it's been completely different. (laughs) Yeah, right. So what's the time frame, like, as opposed to amateur versus professional? Like in terms of how long you've got for posing, like would you say it's like 20 seconds for an amateur and then you sort of go up to like a minute and a half for a pro? I would say when you're a pro, there's no time frame at all. You don't have a time frame. I would say you need to do it over a minute at least. 
the more time you have on stage, the more you can bring the sass, the more you can try and hold the attention, but you don't want to be too long because then they're going to get bored. Sure. Um, so if you're going to do a long routine, you need to make sure that you're going to grab their attention at every single step that you do, every single turn, every single pose. You, you know, you want to draw more attention, not actually get them bored. But amateur, you only have 15 seconds on stage, sometimes not even 15 seconds. Yeah. And how did you find like being on the New Zealand stage? Did you find that harder than being on the stage in the Philippines? Home is way easier than overseas. It was a big learning curve being overseas. We've actually, I'm so glad I did my pro debuts overseas. It is, over here you have more control. Sure. You can, you know what's going on. You know what to expect. Overseas you don't. You, you're kind of in the blue because you don't know what's going to happen, how they run the shows, how the weather is going to be, how the traffic is going to be. You know, uh, food was a big struggle overseas as well. Uh, they didn't have the food that I was supposed to prep on. Wow. So there was a lot of things that threw curveballs. Um, our traffic, I think we lived about 10 kilometers away from the venue. And it took us two hours to get to the venue in 10 kilometers. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it was really – and that makes you hold water the more you travel. So, yeah, that was really a big learning curve. So we won't be doing that again. <laughs> well, we got a little bit smarter going into the next one. Yeah. So what sort of struggles with food? Like you'd think they'd have rice and chicken and those sort of things over there. They well, they do have a lot of rice. Yeah. They didn't have a lot of meat, so you struggle to get meat. Like especially with the mm. place that we stayed at, the buffets didn't have meat at all. Oh, of course. Yeah, so um, I was supposed to eat asparagus, but the you know the hotel didn't want to accommodate cooking for me. Oh god. Um, the meal companies had salmon, where it's more fatty. I was supposed to eat white fish that's a little bit more leaner. So I ended up eating milk fish most of the days, but it's not a great taste. So it was horrible. <laughs> Fair enough. And what was the feedback hun, after the Philippines show? Well, they told me I need to get a little bit more tighter, like a little bit more leaner. And they also said that my glutes needs a little bit more volume. Right. And was that similar to the um, New Zealand feedback or do you feel like you worked on those things? Well, the New Zealand feedback, uh, when I went in, they told me I was too skinny. Um, and they also told me that I need more size in my glutes as well. And, yeah, they just said more volume. I was tight enough. Everything was good. They loved my front package. Uh, they said the front looked amazing. You know, side pose was all good. They didn't give any credit about the posing or, you know, my hair or makeup or anything like that. But they did see going into my back pose, my glutes just had to be way bigger. Sure. And do they give you that feedback without you asking or do you have to email them in and, and follow up yourself? I kind of cornered Mo. He's the New Zealand president of the Federation. Uh, we went out for dinner and then after the dinner, I kind of went up to him and said, hey, I need to talk to you. You know, I I really need to know what my feedback is. So you need to ask. They don't just give you feedback. Sure. It's, everyone needs to ask wherever you go. And mostly if you go to, like, for instance, one of the other officials, they'll tell you, email us pictures. And I don't think pictures gives you 
you know, you can't see on the picture what you can see with your own eyes. So I prefer asking someone that just had their eyes on you to say, hey, this is what I think. Brilliant. So will you take a off-season or an improvement season or will you go into sort of more international shows from here on out, like straight away? Well, I spoke to the president of the federation and he told me to take a little bit of off-season just for two months. So for the next two months, I'm just going to, you know, grow my glutes, put on a little size, uh, just enjoy life, like you said. Yeah. <laughs> enjoy food, have a little bit more meat um, because I dropped a lot of weight, uh, actually extreme weight loss in this season. Right. And, yeah, he just told me I need to gain back to where I was. Sure. And just, you know, let the body recover, take it slow and, you know, enjoy Christmas, enjoy life, uh, you know, life is short, that type of thing. And, yeah, so I'll get back into it right away in 2020. Awesome. So can you give the listeners maybe an idea? So where did you start in terms of your weight um, at the beginning versus where you ended up? So when I weighed myself, before I started prepping for the Philippines, I was about 56 kgs. And my coach told me that he wants me to drop down to 51.5. So that was the goal for the Philippines was to be 51.5. And I did reach that two weeks before the competition. Yeah. And then he just did like a food bump for me just to try and put more fat into the body so it doesn't lean out um, even more. Sure. So then you pick up a little bit of weight. By the next Saturday, I was down to 51.5 again. But as soon as we got on the flight and we flew out, I didn't know what my weight was leading into the competition in that final week. There was no scale, so I never knew. But going into the Pro-Am, he told me that he wants me to be about 50.5. Yeah. So that was a kg even lighter. So I went into that. I reached my goal. Well, actually, before I reached my goal, I sent him photos and said, hey, this is how I look. Do you want me to go further into the 50.5? And he said yes. So as soon as... I actually, the next day, I dropped down even lower than 50.5. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay, so for the competition stage weight, he wants me to be 49.5. And that's consistently, every time you compete, he thinks that sort of like would be the right the right mm-hmm. weight for you? No, no, never again. Right, never again. Okay. Never again, no. Um, it, it was like looking back on photos. You know, at this stage, you kind of feel really good. Sure. Uh when I, you know, if you look back at the photos that I took, like for chicken, I didn't like the look. It reminded me about something that I used to be, and it wasn't a good feeling. Sure. Also, the judges didn't like it at all. I was really skinny, so yes. I would prefer being more muscular. Um, I prefer that look overall. I like training my weight. Sure. Yeah, no, um, definitely looks better when I think your yeah, women look fuller. So I agree with you there for sure. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, are you working with a coach at the moment? Because I saw that you're working with Tara McCall and then I think now are you working with Kim Odo, is that? Yes. So I've Tara McCall has been part of my journey since 2018. Yeah. And she has always been my nutritionist, although like – even though I, I am with Kim Odo, 
um, for the Philippines and for the Prime show. Um, I signed up with Kim Odo, but she was constantly looking at me, having her eyes on me, doing my body fat measurements, making sure that I'm on point. So she was physical, like eyes on me, where he had, Kim Odo gave me his training programs and, you know, Skype sessions and I, he did my posing routine for him and sent him photos on a weekly basis and he will make the changes. But I just needed, to, I feel photos doesn't show the real person yeah. or the true self and where she could see what the real person looks like in face-to-face. Sure. No, I get that. So how long are your preps? Like, what's the time frame? So for the Philippines, I started 12 weeks out, actually 16 weeks, because I just started, you know, getting my body into a routine. So four weeks before I started with Kim Odo, I started prepping my body, constantly going to the gym, um, I started taking out certain food out of my diet just so my body can start adapting to it. Yeah. So it's not that hard. But what he gave me was completely different to what I used to. So it was, I think, it challenged my body on a daily basis, being on his preps. And then, of course, coming back from the Philippines, I took three days off and then I got right back into it, prepping for the pro-am that was four weeks out. Awesome. So how would you say his um, approach was different to Tara's? Were you saying it was just more intense or working out more? or I didn't have off days for about eight weeks. And so I my cardio was about 70 minutes a day. And that's Mondays to Sundays. I had a challenge and the challenge was to be, let's say if you do, 70 minutes, you need to burn 700 calories. Right. So it was high intensity, 17 minutes a day. Sure. And yeah. what, did your food change much? Were things taken out that you normally would have eaten in past preps? Well, for with Taryn, Taryn used to give me cheat meals, have a burger, have a bit of carbs, you know, a bit of a carb load when she sees that I'm getting to where I need to be. Yeah. So that was the approach of Taryn. So I had about two cheat meals a week with Taryn. Um, with Kim, there was no cheat meals. Right. Uh, he'll give you a food bump. And yeah. a food bump is changing from chicken or fish because I was on chicken and fish in the last couple of weeks. But the food bump would be changing from the fish and the chicken to beef or salmon. And then he just changed my brown rice to white rice. A much stricter approach. Yeah, so it was harder to maintain. Um, it, there was days where you feel your energy is low. You really don't have energy to go, but you just kind of find your reasons and keep pushing through. Yeah, sure. So were you working right up until um, until a stage? Yes, I did. I actually, for the Philippines, so I work full-time. I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. I go to the gym. This was my whole prep season. So I got up at 4, went to the gym. I only left the gym sometimes 6 o'clock, sometimes just after 6. Got home, got showered. Uh, then I pack my lunch. I pack my husband's lunch. I pack our breakfast. I t- uh, pack our coffees for the daily and then in the morning, I make us coffee as well for just in the morning. 
So I got all of that done. Then I leave home about just after 7 o'clock to go to work. Started work from 7.30 to 4 o'clock. Leave work straight to the gym up until 6. Then I get home. Then you start just going through your food, everything else. And then you kind of get in bed by 9, 9.30. My goodness. That's a, it's a very busy day. <laughs> yeah. So that was my days right up. I think I took... We flew out on a Wednesday, and I worked up until the Monday. Goodness. Wow. Yeah. So do you feel like having that approach with your prep, do you feel like that's needed, or do you think you could relax a little bit, like, now that you've, yeah, down the track? Well, I've, I honestly, the, I don't know. I, I would say I'm not sure about it. I don't think I've ever seen anyone do 70 minutes of cardio a day on a daily basis. Um, I know a lot of girls that, you know, has a lot of cheat meals. I know a lot of girls that has a lot of, you know, off days. Sure. Um, just to recover the body, give them a little bit of rest. Yeah. I didn't have that, but I wasn't, you know, a lot of, body types are different. So looking at my feedback of the things that I got, I would say maybe not, uh, you know, as hard or as much cardio, maybe like just cut it in half or just cut it in a quarter. Yeah. But I won't, my personal opinion, just photos and feedback, um, I would say that was quite strict and I won't push my body that extreme again. Yeah, did you ever feel like you were going to get injured? Like, were you training that often? Uh, for me, it was more cardio than training. I right. felt like I'm a person, I love my weight. And right. I didn't get to experience my weight the way I used to training myself for, you know, previous competitions. Sure. So I'm more weight-wise where this was way more cardio than weight. I think my weight was four times a week. and. Right. The rest was just cardio. Yeah, did you feel like that was like so not eating away at your muscles, but like that was sort of stressed me. Like I'd be thinking, I need to keep doing the weights in order to, to stay plump. Oh, well, it kind of put my body on to a lot of stress because that amount of cardio a day, it, it just burns everything away that you have. So even the muscle that I had kind of just vanished because I was doing that amount of cardio a day. So you know, it, it was at a stage where my body fat was 6%. You know, there is no more fat to lose. So you kind of start burning into the muscle rather than the, no fat that you have. Sure. And a bit of a personal question. did you Are you able to keep your monthly when you get that low in body fat? Well, I don't get it. Like, I don't get my monthly periods anymore. Um, I went on family planning. So I don't get my monthly period at all. Sure. Yeah, gosh. But I don't think you would if you're that low. If you're that low, yeah. And completely um, changing direction. But given you're that experienced in the competing world, would you ever coach yourself? Or do you feel like you need that sort of discerning eye to give you feedback? I did coach myself for a very, very long period. And I I personally feel that I I prefer having someone. But... The thing is, you need to get the right person when it comes to being pro. You know, as an amateur, it's kind of fine if you just get someone to help you out. 
it's really hard as a pro to get someone that's really going to help you, you know, pay the attention to you that they need to. Yeah. And so I prefer having someone else's opinion, someone else's eyes on me. Um, you know, if someone's going to tell me this is what you eat, this is what you train, it kind of makes me feel accountable yeah. as well as having a weekly check-in. Photos are horrible. So, you know, having to have photos of you taken in every week, it makes you also accountable, you know, because you need to send it to someone else to look at you. And if you're not going to look good, they're going to tell you that. Or, you know, so you're always on your A game when you're going into that approach, having someone to coach you rather than coaching yourself. You don't really get to see yourself. If you look at yourself the whole time, you kind of miss, you know, certain detail things like I was looking at myself constantly during this prep so I didn't notice how skinny I got during my prep up until after the competition once you relaxed once you ate a little bit of carbs you look back at the photos and you're like whoa I was so skinny so if you look at yourself the whole time you won't notice the changes yeah sure so how um what was the difference in weight then between like the first pro am you did versus um the most recent one you've done so Pro-Am, it's kind of a, a tricky one because for the Pro-Am where I won my Pro card, I was on 50, just below 51 kgs. Yeah. But there was a complication in going into that show. I actually, two weeks out of the show, I started getting, well, actually it's more than, it's three weeks out. I had food poisoning. And then I picked up like a gastrovirus and after the gastrovirus continuing for 10 days straight, I couldn't eat, I couldn't keep all my food in, couldn't keep anything in, no food, no liquids. And on the 10th day I was still at work and they got an, they actually got an ambulance to rush me to the hospital because I was in an extreme dehydration mode. Wow. So my body was actually in a, in a deficit and that was one week out of my competition. Jeez. Yeah. So after I was admitted to a hospital, I spent a night in the hospital, actually more than 24 hours in the hospital. And then they had to put me on drip to try and get my body back to, you just know, into the norm right. where it's going to be not in a danger zone, but just safe zone. Sure. And... You know, I didn't want to go over extreme because I was supposed to be on a depletion mode by then. So pumping more drips into my body will give me more liquids that I'm not supposed to have. Sure. So all I did, I was with Angelica Texera at, at that stage. She was coaching me. So all I did is I sent photos to her on a daily basis. Like, am I ready? You know, can I still do this? Did I lose my chance of placing at the Pro-Am or do you think I can still go for it? And she's like, yeah, let's go for it. And, yeah, so I won my Pro card. <laughs> awesome. That's amazing. And, and just um, how different would you say um, the coaching was between Angelica and Kim? Like was there a difference in training? Was she more weights focused? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it was actually completely different. Right. Even her, like – leading it was kind of strange like even her the day before the competition my carb load 
Um, I didn't ha really have a carb load with Kim Odo, but I did have a carb, carb load with Angelica, but not the way that you would expect. I actually sure. carb loaded it on gummy bears. Wow, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> so I had like a lot, a lot of gummy bears and that she bought all the way from America for me. Nice. Yeah, it was awesome. <laughs> I actually loved it. Yeah, how could you not? <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, she was way more focused on weight training. Um, sure. She really, I, I kind of feel that, you know, the love that I have for training is what she brought into the program. Also, um, my cardio wasn't never that high. I think the highest cardio I've done was maybe 40 minutes. Yeah. And she gave me like options to do hit training, like a bit of sprinting, like one minute sprint, one minute walk, one minute sprint, one minute walk, that type of thing. So sure. it was, you know, a bit more fun. It was a bit more different. She didn't give me just three equipment to do my cardio on. I had a bit more variety that makes it not that boring spending that m amount of time on a machine, for instance. Yeah, you really need to mix it up to keep things interesting. Oh, yeah, definitely, especially if you're being on a you know a strict prep diet. Yeah, so all your preps sort of around the 12-week mark? Like, do you sort of try and stay within that range? It was Angelica was eight weeks. So it was eight weeks, and then it was that final peak week. So it was nine weeks with Angelica. But I just wanted to do a longer approach to see if I can get my body to exactly where I need to be. Sure. Um, I personally felt with Kim Odo, I can reach my goal with my glutes and my hamstring combination. Just wanted that perfect teardrop on the back. Yeah. And But his approach when it came to glutes, we didn't really exercise glutes the way I would exercise it. Uh, we did more banded no weight, you know, kind of more body weight when it came to glutes. And with other programs, I used to do weights building my glutes. And with him, it wasn't that way. So it was the two of them are complete opposite when it came to training. Yeah, very. So what is his, um, what is his thoughts on, on why you do banded versus um, heavy compound? Well, he didn't really explain why the reason why he did it, but I did see a video blog that he posted uh, while I was on prep that he said that, you know, if you use like, for instance, a barbell or, you know, heavy weights that goes onto your back, it kind yeah. of focuses on the middle section. Now I right. have a really broad middle and I might absolutely, built quite easy so I never train abs during prep sure but he said that if you use barbells and that type of weights it builds the the waist and he yeah. wanted to try and slim down my waist right gotcha so bring it more narrow more tighter and instead of building it to be bigger interesting was that hard for you because you prefer sort of training weights? Like, did you find that, that style of training not as interesting? You know, it gets boring after a while doing the same thing, um, yeah. you know, trying to choose because he will give you a whole list of exercises and then you need to choose three out of the list to sure. do on a daily basis. Well, when you do your weights, you do that as well. Yeah. So it, for me, it was kind of trying to pick the one you feel will work the best or work the most. Sure. 
So yeah, at this stage, it kind of gets boring doing the same thing or, you know, trying to do bands where you kind of, your mind's going towards weights. Yeah. So were you doing that the whole prep, just banded exercises for the glutes rather than any hip thrusts or anything like that? Yeah, the whole prep. But I did, after hearing the feedback in the Philippines, I kind of went my own way and going into pro-am, I kind of did more weight-based, like instead of doing my banded thrust, hip thrust, I will rather get on a glute machine and just build the glutes. So I actually switched my exercises around, you know, the ones that I chose. I kind of went with machines rather than doing the bands and see if it will help me out in the four week, well, the three week period that I had. Yeah, right. And I noticed like um, just your upper glutes, you've got a really nice, it's really defined. So do you actually work the upper, like do you train different parts of the glute or do you just sort of focus on doing a hip thrust and trying to engage the whole thing? Well, I kind of do different types because you don't just want to build the upper, you want to focus on the medias, you know, all three parts of the glute. And if you don't focus on all three, you don't get that round look that everyone is going for, like what the judges prefer. Um, You'll see that a lot of girls has like a, it looks like a V shape coming out of the glute. And that means that medias is not being worked at all. Right. And you need to work on it. It, it. No, it doesn't. You need to have that fullness in the glutes. And that if you don't work all three parts, it doesn't give you that fullness, that roundness that you're supposed to have. So it creates an imbalance in the glutes. So I try to choose exercises that's going to focus on all three parts rather than just one part. Or if I'm doing the same exercise, focusing on one part, then the next day when you train glutes again, you want to focus on the other part. So, you know, you can play with it as long as you make sure that you get all three of them worked out in one week. Brilliant. So maybe we'll give the listeners an idea. How do you train the upper versus the side versus the lower part? What are some exercises that you choose for each? Well, it's different. So let's say frog pumps is one of the exercises that I chose working out. Now, frog pumps, you can actually play with it, that you can work out all three of them. So. My focus for frog pumps was to focus more on the medius rather than anything else. So you want to feel it burn in the upper as you push through. Um, I also focus a lot of, you know, lifting, doing a, a single leg deadlift, but in that same sense, kicking back. So I'm just focusing on what I did going into the Philippines. So I'm doing the kickback focus on the upper and the lower because you're kind of doing a single leg deadlift and kicking back, focusing on the push through from the bottom. Sure, sure, pushing through the heels. Yeah, and then I also did a single leg where you do your Bulgarian split squat. Mm -hmm. You can turn it out and focus on all three. Leaning forward, you can feel it more in the lower if you go – a little bit more upper, then you can feel it in the medius and the maximus. Right, good tips. Yeah. Amazing. And do you work, so what's your training split look like, Hunt? Are you, um, yeah, what does it look like each week? So uh, do you want to know how it's now or the, what, the way it was? Yeah, maybe the way it was versus how it is now. 
So the way it was, I had my, it was two days on, a day off, two days on again. So for instance, Mondays and Tuesdays, I did my leg training and I did my shoulder training. And then I had Wednesday just cardio and then Thursday was working on my back exercises and rear delts. And then Friday was chest and tries. But now I'm more focusing on building my shoulders and my glutes. So I took a, a week off since my comp- last competition. And for instance, now I'm just focusing on three days glutes, two days shoulders. And then my cardio is anything from 20 to 30 minutes, just depending on how low my energy is after a full days of work. Because I don't wake up in the morning anymore. I just train in the afternoon. Awesome. And how do you mentally deal with having to gain weight in your improvement season in order to grow? So I'm usually, well, I've noticed a lot of girl picks up a whole lot of weight and yeah. it's not really a good. Um, I've actually spoken to a lot of coaches, a lot of nutritionists. I even spoke to the New Zealand Federation president and he said, you're not supposed to be that big. Yeah. For me, I've, I'm a lean type of person. I don't pick up a lot of weight. I think the most I've weighted since being on competition was 57. Yeah. My norm during throughout the whole year is about 55 kgs. And sure. I'm now sitting on 53 since the competition. You're right. So I'm, I'm more like I keep exercising. I don't pick up a lot of weight, although I love food. So... I kind of give my body what it craves. I've been believing that ever since I started personal training. If my body is craving something, I give it to my body straight away. I I feel if you are craving something and you're trying to eat healthy, you're kind of going to eat a whole lot of bunch of food that's healthy, but you eat so much because you're still craving that one thing. Instead of just giving yourself that block of chocolate, you know, you ate so much healthy food that is more quantity than what the actual chocolate was at the end. So you ate more carbs than what you would have if you just listened to your body. Exactly. Completely agree with you. Um, and what are your views, Hunt, on cardio? Like, do you prefer, do you think you get a better result doing steady state or head or? I prefer mixing it up. Well, I, I'm more... I'm more hit person. Um, I'm actually a Les Mills qualified group fitness instructor. And sure. my classes that I chose to do for Les Mills is hit exercises like your grit, although the cardio grit was my favorite, and also body attack. So all those, those two classes or those two programs were all high-intensity programs. So I'm a high-intensity type of person. I love high-intensity. It's 30 minutes. You're there. You do whatever you can, and then you're done. And you feel like you actually did something. It's not like wasting your time in the gym. I feel if you spend 40 minutes just walking on a treadmill, it's for me, it's time wasted. Yeah. I want to feel I actually exercised when I walk out of a gym. Definitely. And do you feel like it sacrifices muscle more if you do hit versus steady stay? Like you keep the glutes, um, you keep, hold on to them further? If you're going, going to be on prep and you need to lose weight, I would say high intensity is going to be, be your best 
bait to lose that weight. Sure. But getting when when you're gonna you know getting closer to the competition where you see that you're gonna be ready, I kind of feel going steady state is better because you keep the gains. You don't lose the muscle that your bolts you've worked so hard keeping. So sure. if you're gonna do high intensity, you're gonna lose your muscle, or you yeah, can right. just shape it up better. But yeah. if you're too close to a competition, I prefer steady state because it's just going to help you keep the muscle instead of breaking it away. Yeah, something you definitely don't want to do. No, you don't want to do that. And it's kind of exactly what I did going into the competition. Looking back, you kind of see everything and how it worked. Um, yeah. It's just like you need to take a challenge and see how your body reacts. You need to take a challenge and see, you know, is this guy's program the best for your body? Does not does he know your body type or does this type of program work? And I could just see again that, you know, it didn't work for my body type. I just, it just broke my body down too much. So, yeah, yeah it, it's kind of different. Everybody is different at the end of the day. It's just how you approach it and if you have someone actually keeping a really good eye on you or not. Yeah, sure. Yeah, because, I mean, I guess they're all experimenting themselves because it would take some time for them to get to know your body. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, yeah, so how long would you say it would take a coach to, like, how many preps before they would sort of be on point? I kind of feel that everything is a learning curve, so yeah. it's maybe going to take five shows. Sure. Um, maybe six, sometimes even more. You need to keep in mind also that a person's body changes as well going through a lot of preps. Um, I know girls that now can't do 12 weeks. Well, can't they used to do eight weeks going into a prep. Now they need to do longer because their body doesn't react the way it's used to or supposed to. Sure. So it just depends on what type of stress is the body under at this stage before you, you know, for the results, um, it can change. So you never know. It's always a guessing game. Definitely. Um, and so switching on to uh, nutrition, would you say you're a macros girl or do you prefer to have a meal plan in front of you so you know what you're doing? I'm not macros. I've never done macros in my whole life. Um, yeah. I don't think it's something that – okay, no, I'm lying. I used to do it. But I do, it was – I was really young. Sorry, I'm going to go back into a very, very past story. (laughs) But I was really young. My sisters were all really skinny, especially my middle sister. She's just just skinny. Her bone structure is just really plain. She never played sports, so she's really skinny. But I was more build. I played hockey. I did athletics, so I had way more muscle than what she ever had. And she used to call me fat all the time. And after a while, it started playing a mind game in my mind. So I started concentrating on what type of macros is my body taking in. So before I buy something, I turn around and I look at the ingredients. What is the ingredients? What is in there? What's the fat content? You know, all that. So I was really focused on that. And I kind of feel it pushed my mindset into a negative place that I didn't need to go. So for me, I'm more on meal plan. I'll stick to my meal plan if I'm on prep. If I'm 
off prep, I kind of, I don't stick to meal plans at all. I just go with what my body wants. Yeah, definitely. So what are some typical meals, hun, that um, we would expect to see you eating during the week? On season, a normal day would be for that during just the whole day. Yeah, like, yeah, just what some typical go-to meals that you maybe repeat just to make life a bit easier. So morning-wise, I always do my oatmeal and peanut butter with some cinnamon. Yum. Uh, Yeah, it's amazing. (laughs) (laughs) And then I have, like, my 10 elements just for some fats. And then I have for lunch, it would be my brown rice asparagus or green beans depends and then it would either be fish or chicken for my protein then in the afternoon wise i'll have my banana and i'll have my kumra and chicken and then i just have chicken as a snack before i go for training i have my protein powder and when i get home at night it would either be a salad or greens with kumara or sweet potato and then fish or chicken awesome and how much water like are you expected to drink uh drink? anything over three liters of water it's not yeah it's doable and what does a peak week look for you honey does that change um from coach to coach or have you oh, kept it pretty yes it does. it's never been the same like well with taryn and was always the same but with Angelica, um, with my previous coaches, with Kim Oda, everything is different. So nice. with Angelica, we didn't do a water depletion. With Kim Oda, there was a little bit of water depletion. Taryn, there was a lot of water depletion. Um, other yeah. coaches, a lot of water depletion. Like you'll start building up from six liters of water on a Sunday and work your way down to 500 mils of water on the Friday before the competition. Sure. And do you play around with sodium at all? Yes. So Kim Odo and Angelica, I had to cut my sodium and, you know, spices and everything two weeks out of the competitions, whereas other coaches was just the final peak week. And peak week, previous coaches, I had two days of no carbs, one day carb, for instance. Uh, Kim Odo, it was more keeping like what I described to you just now with my meal plans. His was basically in the final week, we took out egg whites, um, no liquids, you know, liquid tea over your food, um, no spices, everything really plain. Greens would change to asparagus, just asparagus, white fish, and you know, your carbs in the afternoon so you won't have any carbs at night or any, every other day you would have your carbs at night so it's everything is different angelica hers were more controllable she was more cutting carbs i was on chicken with angelica so i never went to fish yeah and in the final day before the competition i was on the yeah the friday i was literally on chicken with gummy bears chicken gummy bears i think i had like eight meals where three of them was just chicken and gummy bears and then later in the afternoon the final meals changed to like 100 gram chicken 100 gram rice white rice and well jasmine rice she believe in jasmine rice so it's like 100 gram chicken 100 gram white rice and then gummy bears 
Right. So do you think there's a, does it really make that much of a big difference between eating brown and white on your body? Yeah. Um, I actually saw that going in with Kim Odo where I was on brown rice every single day. Yeah. I'm actually, I love white rice. Personally, I love white rice. So my normal day going to the, when I'm off season and I'm just going to work, I have my chicken and white rice with a uh, sweet chili sauce. That's my lunch. And I don't get bored of it ever. I just love it that much. But being on brown rice for so long, when I had my food bumps changing to white rice, there was quite a significant, you know, it, it changed so much that I could actually see the changes in my body that you kind of, your weight actually rises up. Um, wow. Yeah, like my weight came up, my um, you know, you kind of feel a little bit bloated. Um, yeah, it was kind of different, like completely different. I wasn't expecting that. So when you say weight, would you say your muscles are looking fuller or you look more watery? or More watery as well as muscles coming a little bit fuller. Um, I think my weight, like if I were, the one day I was 51.5, I had a food bump and the next day I was like 53 kgs. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and what what's the sort of reasoning behind salt? I just like to give the the listeners an idea. Like to cut it out, do you think that lowers water retention? Yeah. Oh, yes, it does. So you need to focus on the amount of water underneath the skin. Um, I won't say it's really important during the full prep, but definitely yeah. going into that final week, you want to take all the water and be with, a bit more drier going onto stage. Sure. So you cut salt out completely? Yes. So you don't want any salts because the salt holds on to water. Um, you still have your water because you don't yeah. want to be dehydrated. And, you know, as soon as you're dehydrated, you kind of feel and see it in the body. You're sure. not that enthusiastic. Yeah, right. And yeah, the judges can see it as well. As soon as you see, even though you have the biggest smile on stage, your body doesn't speak what your face is speaking. You know, it's not the same language. They can see in your body, you know, you're tired. Yeah, right. Goodness. Um, so are there any other things, Peak Week, um, that you do that people sort of might be interested to know about? Um, you cut salt, you cut water. Do you cut um, artificial sweeteners? So... No, actually, I was on stevia right up till the day of the competition. Yeah. So I would just normal sugar go to stevia. Um, stevia I was on all the way up till the Saturday, um, going into the Philippines. I didn't have this time around. I didn't have coffee on my Saturday for the pro-am show, the yeah. pro show. Um, I didn't have coffee at all, but I did have a food bump on the day of the competition. So that was really amazing. Yeah, sure. So what's the reasoning behind the, the no coffee? I kind of feel like I wasn't keen on the stevia. Like sometimes you just get over it. You don't really like the taste. And I also feel like kind of coffee makes you a little bit more bloated than normal. And I didn't want to come up bloated, especially after losing so much weight. You kind of feel it way more than what you used to. So if I drink coffee now, it's fine. But if I drink coffee after being depleted, losing like almost 5 kgs, then, you know, as soon as you take coffee, 
you you feel it immediately if something has changed in the body like you feel bloated basically you're right and what about um gaining weight after um a show like is there a recommendation of how much you should sort of work on per week working back up to maintenance uh well a lot of people got on a you know they just change it it kind of depends on person to person if you're gonna stick to a a plan if you're gonna do a reverse diet that I know a lot of girls do. I honestly, I've never done a reverse diet in my whole life. I, I feel that I've put my body under so much stress that I can't afford to do another, uh, you know, another peak week or, you know, keep on a diet. I need to bring in more carbs. I need to bring in more fruit friendly things. That's going to bump up my energy, bump up my emotions um, because everything takes a big stress, especially like this was the hardest my body has ever worked in its whole life leading into yeah. these two shows. So if I had to do a reverse diet, my body would just be naked. I won't have the energy. I will definitely not be a friendly person <laughs> at, at work <laughs> or with my husband at home. So I kind of just give my body – I don't overeat because there's a lot of girls that goes and overeats and then they pick up a, like a really big amount of, you know, weight and it's not yeah. good. So you kind of want your body to slowly progress. Maybe a kg a week sure. would be really good to look at. Um, I just, I didn't focus on anything, especially after my feedback that I received that I was really skinny and it was scary to see me that yeah. skinny. So I just um, listened to the president and he said, have meats, have fiber, have fruits. And I just listened to what he said and I just went with that. Sure. So do you feel like you lost a lot of muscle that you worked hard for by doing that much cardio? Yes, definitely. Uh, You can actually see it in the photos how I lost, you know, everything that I was building on. Yeah, interesting. Like. And so you think you can get it back sort of within like, – how long does it take to build muscle? Like would you say a couple of months you could get it back by or – Well, I'm doing a challenge now. Um, yeah. I really – like I, I spoke to Mo and I really want to do Arnold Classic next year. Like I really, yeah. really want to do it. But he's scared that I won't have my size back by then. So sure, I'm – yeah, so I'm currently really challenging my body. I'm giving myself two months – to build my glutes to be bigger and i'm taking this as an experiment to see how fast i can build it so i want to at beginning of this next year i want to see how big my growth was how long did it take me to get there you know what is there any changes could i get it where i wanted it to be because in my back mind i'm still really hoping that he can change his mind just by seeing what I've done in this next two months. Sure. So how was your um training split now? So you're training glutes like three times a week. Three. Yeah. Three. And I'm focusing more on pump, more on um weights. I'm going he- way heavier on weights than what I did. So I'm sure. just pushing to see how fast I can go. Um I always work on feeling. If I don't yeah. feel the glute working you know, I push even harder or I will slow down the weight, drop the weight and focus more on the technique. Or if I feel the technique is perfect, 
then I'll just load up it even higher in weight and just, you know, really push myself to the next level. And it kind of feels good to be back there. Definitely. So, I mean, you're obviously very experienced as a personal trainer yourself. Like, would you ever coach yourself or do you just you, you really feel like you need that discerning eye? I did coach myself for a very long time. Um, I won the Manukau Championship coaching myself. I also yep. placed third at Pro-Am coaching myself. So, and I actually took out national championship, well, I placed fourth at the national championship coaching myself. But I prefer having an eye on me. Yeah. Um, I have a lot of experience or, you know, when it comes to losing weight and toning up, I have a whole lot of experience. I can help girls all over the world accomplish that. But yeah. what I felt that I lack in is coaching for bodybuilding. Sure. I feel that it's completely different. I feel that, you know, there's, you don't always know what the judges are looking at. And sometimes you don't completely know how to get your, let's say, your shoulders or your glutes in that specific way that they want it. So then you need expert advice to help get you there or, you know, help push you through or, you know, just I kind of feel that if I have an eye on me, someone else's eye, I will work 10 times harder. Definitely, for sure. Now, let's give the listeners what they want. So could you give us some of your favorite shoulder, lats, quads, and hamstring exercises? So shoulders, I love doing a just a normal seated uh, press-ups. Yeah. Um, it can be military press. It just can be a normal shoulder press. That is just my ultimate favorite. I love my shoulder press. When it comes to lat, um, my favorite lat exercise since forever has been just a white grip lat pull down. Sure. Um, it's something that I kind of push myself through um, weight wise as well. So I think my strongest point would be a white lat grip, but a reverse lat grip, not just a normal, you kind of just turn your hand outside, working more on the lats and not the back. Yeah. Um, when it comes to glutes, my favorite is glued, um, the glute machine that's currently at Revitalize. It's a hip thrust, but with a band going over the body. I have to come and try that out. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's, one of those <laughs> it's literally my favorite ever. So if I go to the gym, I'm like, I can't wait to get on that machine. <laughs> yeah, so much easier than setting up the hip thrust as well. Yeah. And then going into my hamstrings, I love a good lying hamstring curl. Out of all yeah. the hamstring exercises, that is my ultimate favorite. And then quads, I don't exercise quads. I actually stay away from my quads. Sure. But chest exercise is the just a lying incline, chest fly. That is one of my favorites. And I also, one of my other favorites for chest is an exercise that my husband taught me, and that is with cables. So you crisscross the cables and to do a shoulder press, uh, and then as soon as you drop the shoulder press, it goes straight into the chest. So that's awesome. just one of my favorite exercises, but it's not a popular exercise. It's not an exercise that a lot of people know. It's kind of 
it's a rare exercise that I've never seen anyone do. Awesome, great tips. And do you think you need to train cars as well? It's kind of strange because a lot of exercises that I've done, like with Angelica, I didn't have any calf exercises at all. But just the type of exercises that she gave me, kind of, I could feel my calves working as well. And you could actually see it. Like I had a few days where I couldn't walk because my calves was too sore, but it wasn't direct isolated calf exercises. So it was really amazing working out that way but I believe a good I'm always striving to have better calves so even now during my off season I'm constantly focusing doing calves to try and get it more defined more shaped um, because being cross-country athlete my calves is kind of very long and it's sure. just because you know if you do running long distance running your calves becomes more a longer muscle than a shorter with sprints yeah and so i have very very long calves so to shape that that a long calf is way harder than shaping a short calf sure awesome and getting over to makeup do you um use makeup artisan or do you use any um are there any brands that you can recommend for listeners well i use a makeup artist wherever i go i'm useless when it comes to makeup i'm really bad so when i'm in new zealand i use nikki manila She's really amazing. So she is actually a really popular artist in the New Zealand industry. She did Lord of the Rings, all the makeup for the Lord of the Rings. Wow. Um, she's So she's really talented. She does costume plays and that type of thing as well. So I came across her through people that I knew. And I don't think I'll ever use anyone else if I'm competing in New Zealand. But I did have a really good... Um, I did a lot of research going to the Philippines and I actually picked a really good person doing my, you know, my hair and my makeup over there as well. So I'll always use someone instead of doing it myself. <laughs> yeah, I think that just would take so much stress out of it. <laughs> Definitely getting a makeup artist each time. And of course you want to be, you know, if you've put so much hard work into competing and, you know, leading into the competition – you don't want to be working on the day of the competition. So you kind of want to feel pampered. You want to, you know, get that time where someone makes you pretty. Exactly. Yeah. Completely agree with you. And what about some posing tips for um, newcomers to the sport? What would you recommend doing in order to sort of tweak that? I would say slow down because I see a lot of girls just rushing it out on stage they don't slow down, they don't focus, I would say bring more, think about sass, um, you know, really focus on getting the glute, the shape. So if you're doing a pose, you need to make sure that it's showing the best side of yourself. So if you're there and you're, you know, you're striking a side pose, lift up those hips, tilt it a little bit more, Back post, really important. Don't go too wide in the back post with the legs. Um, a lot of girls intend to stand really wide and it doesn't look good. Um, you yeah. want to bring your legs a little bit more in. Tweak the heels to come in and the feet a little like a 30-degree angle or 45-degree angle. So it just can focus on that quad and, um, you know, that quad, so that side quad coming out as well as the hamstring and glutes cut where it comes together you want to see that pop 
and really focus on slowing down when you're walking to the back because you're going to jiggle and you don't want to sure. jiggle. You're right. And what are your thoughts on the side pose um, versus the older pose? Do you think, um, yeah, one's more relevant or either one is still appropriate? I would say I feel it kind of moved away from the old methods. I, I yeah. think that now they've changed it even. Like if you look at what we used to do during quarter turns, we don't do quarter turns anymore. So mm. it's side pose. If you have a really good glute and a quad definition, you know that long line coming through all the way to the bottom of the knee, I would say use your side pose because that counts in your favor. If you sure. don't have that, uh, side pose can also be really bad. Um, if you have a you know, your gut is not that, or you feel a bit bloated or, you know, sometimes girls don't have the time to go to the bathroom before they go on stage. So you kind of build up, you know, and that bottom, you know, that bottom abs of yours gets a little bit bloated. If you're doing a side pose, they're going to give you critique that you have a gut and you don't want that kind of critique because they're going to mark you down for it. Sure. And so would you do vacuum time? Do you think they're an important part of um, your routine? Oh, yes, definitely. Um, the more you exercise vacuums, the more you can, you know, if you can start talking while doing a vacuum, you know, you know you can keep that really tight because you need to have a really small waist going onto the stage. Sure. Um, if you don't have that small waist, it's not the type of look that, you know, that the judges are looking for. So the more you exercise the vacuum, the more you're going to learn to actually breathe and not, you know, if you, it also teaches you, if you breathe, you can breathe through your chest and not through your stomach. Right. Yeah. So would you use um, a waist trainer? Did you find those helpful in order to bring your waist in or do you think that's sort of more of a myth? Waist trainers, I feel is more of a myth. Um, I also read up recently that waist training, I think Angelica posted about it as well, um, just not too long ago, you know, waist trainers, if you constantly wear waist trainers, it, um, it makes your legs hold more water. Sure. That kind of makes sense. Yeah. So I, I did wear waist trainers to try and get it in just to sweat, but going yeah. forward, I won't wear it every single day. I'm more, yeah. I'll wear it when I'm exercising because just my abs, like I have really, really strong abs. It's something that I've had since I was very, very young. So I'm trying to stay away from abs because it's not what the judges want. My abs are always like rock solid and it's not supposed to be that way. It needs to be more, sure. you know, more feminine and yeah. So I need to wear a waistband to try and let my abs relax and let the muscles take over the exercise rather than my abs building while doing the exercise. Sure. Totally agree. Um, and what advice um, would you give to women out there striving towards winning their pro card? I would say get someone to help you out, you know, get the experience don't be if you really want the pro card don't be afraid to pay a lot of money for it you know to get the right person to help you out you need to want it like if you're not gonna really want the pro card I don't think 
just anyone will get it. You really need to strive for it. You need to think it. You need to sleep it. You need to, you know, constantly have it on your mind that that is what my goal is at. If it's not your goal, you're not going to feel that when you win it, you didn't really deserve it. So as soon as you, if you put everything into, you know, striving for that pro card, when you win it, that emotion of winning your pro card, it it is really the best feeling out there. So I've been chasing my pro card. I've really put in everything into it. And when I won it, I didn't know if I want to cry or smile. It, the emotions just played up so much. Wow. Were you surprised? Like I started crying and then I realized I'm on stage, everybody's watching, and then I started smiling. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a feeling. How many girls were you going up against on for it? Do you remember? Oh, I have no idea. I know there were I was just so focused on, you know, doing my posing and because I was yeah. still in a depletion mode when I went on stage. So when I did my posing, I had a little bit of a shake. Like, you know, if you're getting at the shivers when you get cold, yes. my glutes were kind of shivering the whole time. And it looked like I'm stressed, but I wasn't stressed. I was just really depleted. So yeah. I was just really focusing on that and not so, you know, the judges can see it. And, yeah, it was actually yeah. pretty good. <laughs> Awesome. And where do you see yourself on heading in the next few years competitively? Well, I gave myself a goal. I yep. want to be on the Olympian stage within the next five years. Uh, so, yeah, so awesome. I have a plan. I have someone on my side that I hope is going to really push me to where I need to be. I'm excited. Yep. I want to, <laughs> at this stage, I know I need to slow down. I need to take an off season, but when they launched a 2020 calendar, I'm like, oh, I want to do that show. I want to do that show. You know, so it's kind of you, you really want it, but you can't have it. You need to really just slow down. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> But I want to be on the Olympian stage. I, it's a, a lifelong dream. I, I want to win it, like, just once. I know everybody wants to win it, but, like, since I've started bodybuilding, you know, I never know, knew what it was. I just wanted to try it. And as soon as I tried it that first time, I couldn't get enough. And, like, even my husband, he didn't want me turning pro because, he know, he knew that as a pro, it won't be that easy, you know, traveling, the cost, because everything is overseas. And yeah. he knew that as an amateur, I could travel New Zealand and do all the shows in New Zealand and it would be fine. You know, so I would do it way more than what I'm currently doing it at. So I, I just love it. Like, I love competing. I love the the rush, you know, the, the discipline. Um, I think this prep was the hardest prep out of all because the people at my work was just, I think, honestly, just so spiteful. They have treat yeah. meals every Friday. <laughs> exactly so every Friday they would even on my table they will be packing like cakes and tarts and you know cupcakes and chocolates all over my desk and then they yeah. will just eat the whole day every Friday they had pizzas they had donuts there one day like um, I think since I've started there, there was about five times where they had shared meals, like the whole company had shared meals, and I just had to eat my meals where everybody's eating all this delicious food. So 
that was really hard, <laughs> you know, staying focused, but I did. So I'm very self-disciplined. Um, I love the challenge. So my dream, I want to win the Olympian at least in the next five years. Awesome. And so how long would you stay with a coach, like for giving um, women out there advice? Like would you stay one or two sort of preps before um, before bailing on them or do you sort of, do you think you get a feel for for if it's right or wrong pretty, you know, soon into the prep? Uh, okay, so I would say it, it depends. Um, I What I would prefer as a person is to get a coach that you can stay with. You don't really want to be switching coaches the whole time. But at my experience, my very first coach that I ever signed up with, it wasn't worth it. Like, she just didn't get back to me at all. There was weeks that went by where she never emailed me back, and it was, like, overseas coach. My second coach, um, you know, it was right at the split between the elite and the IFBB. Yeah. They stayed with the elite look where I was IFBB. So I kind of had to break away from him because yeah. I knew the look that he's building up for is elite and not the IFBB look that they're going for. So for I sure. broke that off. Then I coached myself for a very long time, but I wanted to grow. I wanted the changes. Angelica was my next coach, but unfortunately – you know, before I won my pro cut, she told me, hey, you're going to win this. And yeah. she told me, you know, if you win this, I can't coach you anymore because then we'll be competing for the same goal. So it won't be ethical for her to keep coaching me. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, we have the same goal in mind. So she can't coach me. She'll have to, you know, recommend her coach or someone else. And so she did recommend her coach, and that's Kim Odo. So yep. for my next competition, I decided to go with Kim Odo, and I just learned that, you know, he has so many girls that he needs to look out for. Yeah. My personal opinion, he gave a lot of attention, but I don't think his advice, his goals was for my body type, and I don't think he would be able to see me in person and how mm-hmm. it affected my body. So sure. it's really hard being in New Zealand because there's not a lot of really good coaches in New Zealand to help you get you where you need to be. Everyone is overseas, unfortunately, Yeah. if you want to be on the next level. so Yeah, ideally it would be great to be able to get someone face-to-face. Exactly. There, but it's just, yeah, that's what yeah. you want. So I did get someone that's going to help me out, and we will see how it goes for the next one. And hopefully this is the winning one. <laughs> Exciting. Yeah. Um, and I'll let you get back to your Sunday. But last question, hun, what are your, um, who have been your biggest supporters and is there anyone that you want to thank for their support over the years? Well, that would be my husband. Um, he has really been so amazing. I don't think there is any other husband out there that does what he does on a show day. Like he's literally my, my donkey. He, he, like I just, he just carries all my luggage. He doesn't. Like, he makes sure that my lipstick is on. He'll actually apply lipstick for me if I need more. You know, he um, he tans me uh, because I do a self-tan at home. So he right. does. He applies my tan. He goes through my posing. He will, you know, make sure that my bikini is spot on. He will actually, like, leading into the show, he'll 
we'll constantly do posing together and he'll just look to see where I can do better. Um, he'll give me advice of where I need to be, what he thinks. Um, he literally will walk in the rain just to make sure I have an umbrella over my head and not get wet. Um, he gets up at four o'clock in the morning when I was an amateur, he got up at four o'clock in the morning to get in the shower with me just to rinse off my tan, you know, to help me get into the places like my back where I can't reach. So, you know, he really goes over and beyond when it comes to competitions and, you know, I really appreciate it. And there's so many more things that people don't know about him or things that he does. But he is extremely amazing, and I'm so grateful to have him as my husband. You know, he's kind of like a manager in a way as well because he manages my account, and when I need to send emails, he kind of takes over. So he's like a managing position as well. <laughs> it's awesome. awesome. Yeah, I can see why you manage yeah. him. My goodness, shout out to Mariska's husband. Yeah. Wow. Well, he, does, yeah. he does get jealous, but <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I will ask one more question, Hun. Is there anything that you offer, um, any services at all, or are you strictly just um, sticking to your job outside of fitness? Well, I do help people a lot. I'm, I'm not – if someone comes up to me and says, hey, Mariska, can you please help me with the training program or eating advice, I can do that. I don't mind at all. You know, I do have weekends or times where hubby's away or, you know, where I'm off at during the night that I don't do anything, then I can help them out. Um, I do posing. I did posing. I had a few posing clients leading into this competition that I helped out as well, Um, you know, that really succeeded. Um, So, yes, there is services that I offer. I don't think I'll ever do personal training again. Unfortunately, people just ruined that for me training-wise. Yes. Even though I was a really good personal trainer and I had a lot of clients that really smashed their goals, that unfortunately there was a few girls that only hired me to say, oh, I have a personal trainer. So they weren't working hard. They weren't really focusing on fitness and didn't love it, didn't have the passion for it that I did. And it ruined sure. the passion that I had for fitness at the end. So that's why I decided to leave it as well. But I will, I will help you with exercising programs. I will help you with nutrition. I can help you with posing. So that is a service that I will be doing. And I'll also be looking into it way more now, just building up my pro career. Amazing. And where can we find you, Han, if any of the girls want to reach out? Uh, they can find me on Instagram. Um, I have my email address there. I have my phone number as well. Or they can reach me on Facebook. But it's a joint account with my husband, unfortunately. <laughs> But um, they can email me. They can, yeah, you can find me that way. If not, I'm always exercising at Revitalized Gym and also do my posing over there. So if they want to reach out, they can always find me there. Awesome. And I'll include that in the show notes as yeah, well. Yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> Brilliant. Thank you so much for your time, Mariska. You've been amazing. And I can't wait to be able to edit this this afternoon. And <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much for this opportunity. It was really amazing speaking to you and also everyone else that's going to be listening to your podcast. Brilliant. Awesome. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Thank hun. you. You too. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <lovely. laughs>